Hello, this is Dr. Gio Espinoza, and today we'll be mapping prostate cancer on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with my friend, Dr. Gio Espinosa. Dr. Gio is a naturopathic doctor, licensed acupuncturist, and certified functional medicine practitioner recognized as an authority in holistic urology and men's health. He is faculty and holistic clinician in urology at New York University Langone Medical Center and faculty at the Institute for Functional Medicine. As an avid researcher and writer, Dr. Gio has authored numerous scientific papers and books, including co-editing the book Integrative Sexual Health and author of the best-selling prostate cancer book, Thrive, Don't Only Survive. Dr. Gio is the chief medical officer and formulator at XY Wellness, LLC, and lectures internationally on the application of science-based holistic treatments for urological conditions. On his free time, he enjoys writing on his popular blog, drgeo.com, spending time with his wife and three kids, and practicing the Israeli martial art, Krav Maga. Welcome, Dr. Gio. I finally got you on the 15-Minute Matrix podcast. He sure <laughs> did. Thank you so much for having me. You are well sought after because you have a specialty that I think is underexplored in the world of functional medicine related to men's health, in particular related to prostate health. Today, we're going to talk about prostate cancer. Should we start first by just identifying prostate health? Let's identify the prostate gland really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a male-specific gland that sits right underneath the bladder. The main purpose of the prostate is uh, for conception. So it secretes about 30% of the semen that's mm. involved in conception. So interestingly enough, no one thinks of it this way. Without the prostate, there is no life. And it is fascinating to, for me to think that even yeah. though I've been doing this kind of work for 20 years, right because no one no one thinks of the prostate that way so that's what it does now within the prostate there's a lot of dysfunction that can occur there's primarily three one is chronic inflammation also Mm -hmm. known as prostatitis the other is benign prostatitic hyperplasia or just simply an enlarged prostate and then it's prostate cancer and then so prostate cancer is what we're going to talk about today but these are the three main conditions that are involved in the prostate and when we think about the factors that might be triggers let's say for any of those three to begin with what would you identify i think i can say with a high level of certainty that um lifestyle and behavioral dysfunction leads to prostate problems why can i say that well (laughs) just because you know i've seen thousands of male patients with prostate issues throughout my career so that's one uh reason also i've dug deep i've dug deep into the research and and so lifestyle conditions things like look in urology so i do a lot of urological work again mostly uh, prostate issues from a functional medicine perspective of course in urology if you help the person with metabolic syndrome prevent it or cure that they're going to help themselves with urological conditions that include prostate issues. I think the number one dysfunction in the body that contributes to prostate problems is metabolic syndrome. Hmm. 
So helping the person with that, you know, staying lean and mean, saying, you know, controlling blood sugars, uh, controlling the lipids and their HDL and their triglycerides and things like that, that alone will significantly help our patients with prostate issues and including prostate cancer. So I would say that lifestyle, well, how about genes? Well, we know that BRCA2 is predisposes uh, men not only to, for prostate cancer, but for them to get um, aggressive prostate cancer, right? Right. Similar to women, except for women, my understanding is it's the BRCA1 gene that's more predominant. For men, it's BRCA2. Okay, so then that's it. Are you done? You're not done. Obviously, there's a there's a component of epigenetic component that's involved. And through proper lifestyle, through things like functional medicine, by, you know, the things that the elements that are involved in functional medicine, you know, a healthy gastrointestinal system, preventing and, and against oxidative stress, right. uh, detoxification, hormones. We could have a whole lecture just on hormones and, and prostate cancer. So I think that all these things contribute. And at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create a microenvironment that's hostile to cancer cells in the body. So when we're looking at those other two syndromes, let's say the chronic inflammation or the enlarged prostate, are people with the genetic predisposition that also have those conditions at the highest risk for prostate cancer? Or can we not look at it in that way? Correct. So my patients that come in with an enlarged prostate or BPH are not predisposed necessarily to prostate Mm -hmm. cancer. They can have it, but one thing does not necessarily lead to the other. Prostatitis, maybe, a little bit more. So yes, in chronic inflammation of the prostate can indeed lead to prostate cancer at some point in the future. But keep in mind that most people think that a prostate conditions only occur in older men, let's say older than 50 or 60. This is somewhat true. Prostatitis, however, that's not the case. Most cases of prostatitis are in younger men. I'm talking about men in their 20s and mm. even 30s. Wow. So prostatitis is a young man's prostate disease. So that, so a man with prostatitis can be predisposed to prostate cancer somewhere in their future. When we look at the triggering events for prostate cancer, just to kind of lead us down that arena, would you say it's the same? It's everything in what I would call the skills area of the matrix, that right side? Is it all diet, lifestyle modification? I always like to say if you're not sleeping, you're not pooping, and your blood sugar is imbalanced, it's hard to pass go. So are you looking at those same factors for these men? 100%. Look, for us that practice functional medicine and things, it's not that hard, right? I look at four things all the time. I look at exercise. Mm-hmm. Not only exercise, um, I think we can be more prescriptive. So I yes. try to be as prescriptive as possible. It's not just go exercise or just go for a run. You know, we have to be very prescriptive. So I, I train my uh, patients to do strength training exercises, for example, uh, because we see that they do better from a urinary perspective, even mm. from a prostate cancer perspective. And it leads to longevity. The stronger you are, the harder it is to die. Uh, when they come for me, when they come to me for prostate cancer, the idea is that they don't want to die from anything, not only prostate cancer. Right. So we look along those lines. We look at food, not only what to eat, but when to eat. Mm. I think intermittent fasting has legs. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a very important thing to give your body a break, you know, whatever, for mm-hmm. 14, 16 hours a day. There are many ways of doing that. The other is absolutely sleep. You're absolutely right. You sleep better. You feel better. All kinds of good things happen. Studies do show, for example, that um, men with prostate cancer have lower levels of melatonin metabolites Mm. in their body versus those that don't get prostate cancer, don't get aggressive prostate cancer. So absolutely good sleep is very, very essential. And quite honestly, I am a big proponent of selected targeted supplementation. I think that 
the right supplement for the right person at the right dose is, is a game changer. Not to say that that replaces everything else, but that complements everything else so lovely that if they're already diagnosed, it, it can be properly managed or it can be prevented, quite honestly. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that at this point. I love that you said selected and targeted supplementation. I think it's often people bringing in supplements for the condition versus for the individual. If you are looking at generally what those choice targeted supplements are for somebody with prostate cancer, are there deficiencies that you're often seeing in this population? Yeah, so selenium is, happens to be one of them. There's uh, there's selenium de- deficiencies, and there are studies that connect selenium deficiencies to prostate cancer, for example. So um, selenium is one. Oftentimes, I, I mean, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that magnesium is um, that tightly associated with prostate cancer. Right. But magnesium is like so important for every you know 300 pathways within the body. Right. right? So so I see a lot of our. BC magnesium deficiencies as well. The, uh, obviously, p- supplements are include minerals, vitamins. Uh, by the way, vitamin D deficiency yes. huge, huge, huge. Right, so we yeah. supplement with that. But then the others are botanicals, right? That there's no deficiencies for these botanicals. And I think they're they're so powerful. The right combination of bot- botanicals are so powerful in creating this microenvironment to be hostile to cancer and to prostate cancer. Yeah, I think that when we look at certain botanicals, we're looking at urinary health in general. I think there's a lot we can do to fortify that entire system. How deep are you getting and when? One of the things I love talking to you about the last time we saw each other, Dr. Gio, is how to get men to comply. And do you see differences in the younger men versus the older men? Talk to me a little bit about that piece, which takes us into the mind, spirit, emotions component. Fascinating, fascinating. I, I, look, I, I can tell you how much I love what I do. And one reason is because I, I'm one of them, right? Yes. I am one of them. Yes. So if I'm not careful, I don't behave too different than they do, right? And so <laughs> if you're not so, careful, <laughs> if I'm not careful, right? I tell them I'm you. So then it's fascinating because at the same time, I'm able to figure out things for myself as well, right? So here's the thing. Prostate cancer is a fantastic diagnosis. You want them to comply, have them have the diagnosis of prostate cancer. Mm. They're going to comply. Okay. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Men take action and comply if they are experiencing a life-threatening scenario. Yes. Before then, don't even try, hey, why don't you go to the doctor for prevention? Prevention, that's Chinese. What right. does that mean? Yeah. Oh, go to the doctor to be healthy. Healthy, that's an ambiguous term. That means yeah. nothing. I need to perform. Right. Men care about performance. Yep. Okay? Yeah. Unless their life is threatened, and now they'll care about their health. Because yes. now it's a life-threatening situation, and they can't perform if they're not alive. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So life-threatening situation, what are those? Prostate cancer, beautiful. It's an excellent diagnosis in most men. Most men don't die from it, thank goodness. And particularly if they apply some of these lifestyle approaches and functional medicine approaches, they have the likelihood of living forever and not die from it, but die with it. One of the things I always like to say is that compliance is really about education. There is a way to educate a man versus a woman in a lot of situations. The education has to really matter. It needs to make sense to their brain. It needs to make sense to their lifestyle. And then they're going to get in the groove and do what you're asking them to do and kind of love the data and the results. 
correct. The approach is different. It's completely different. To have the same approach that you would have with a female patient, with a male patient, um, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Yeah. And, and so we were talking about these life-threatening conditions, right? So here we go. How about nighttime urination, mm-hmm. which, they, they, you know, they get up four or five times a night. Yep. Sometimes related to the prostate, sometimes not, quite honestly. So that is, for them anyway, it's is such a dysfunctional situation that at least in their head is life-threatening yeah about this erectile dysfunction Mm -hmm. that is life-threatening at least to their head is really not at least it's really not unless let's all things being equal right if if they've been unable to have an erection within three months then something else is going on that may be life-threatening right yeah so that's that so so these type of things these are the reasons why men go see doctors yeah and they're compliant and go see functional medicine doc the other thing is that they don't want to. They don't. They're looking at the internet. They, they don't. They don't want a lot of these medications that feminize them. Right. A lot of these prostate medications that feminize them. Right. So they're looking at like the hell with that. I don't want to be in a vulnerable. First of all, coming to see a urologist is a vulnerable situation. You have yeah. to have your elbows on the table, get your fingers stuck up your yep. butt. You know, there's nothing cool about that. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm giving you medications, or not me, but you know, right. Um, right. A urologist that will potentially feminize them. Yeah. So there's a lot of motivation there to make change. Once they see people like us and doctors like us, and what with what we do, uh, they they are finding us is the is the challenge. Once they find us, they're 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 happy. And I tell you, male patients are awesome. They're loyal. They're really loyal. Yeah, I'll bet because they see the difference and they feel the difference and then they're in there. Let's spend a little bit more time on that right side of the matrix in the specifics. When you're thinking about that area, sleep and relaxation, exercise and movement, you talked about some of the specificities. What are your favorites and is it progressive? Are you starting somebody on intermittent fasting and an anti-inflammatory diet that is, you know, grain free and everything from the get go? Are you leading somebody there over time? It's over time. I mean, I throw a lot at them. And then I do tell them, listen, this is a journey. Don't get overwhelmed. Although it is overwhelming. Initially, I'm aware of that. This is a journey, we're going to get through this. And within, you know, a relatively short period of time, it will become habitual. So I do so. So Choosing one of these four elements that, that you have here on the right side is almost like asking me, hey, Gio, which one of your three kids is your favorite yep. kid? Yeah, it's true. It's like, uh, I do like one one day better than the other, but the next day, the next one, you know, yeah. I like the other one better. Right. Uh, well, I, most of the times I like all three of them, right? <laughs> so <laughs> most of the times, not all the times. Right. <laughs> so exercise. Now, I do say this. If you put a gun in my head and said, listen, you need to prioritize this for me. If not, I'll kill you. I have to say this based on research, based on data. And again, this is very difficult because how can you choose one? But based on research and data, I would would say exercise and movement uh, with moderate to high intensity four to six hours a week is the prescription for men with prostate cancer. If they do that, even if they're diagnosed, all things being equal, they're less likely to die from the disease. Amazing. Okay. Four to six hours a week with moderate to high in- intensity. We, our approach is six hours a week. Four hours a week is a is a light week. That's a that's a light day. that's a light week. Uh, for that we want to aim more towards six hours a week. So I would say if I had to prioritize, that would be key. The other thing is sleep. You know, um, new book, um, not so new anymore. Why we sleep uh, by um, the Berkeley uh, scientists. 
you read that book and you say, man, it is really crucial to sleep well. I mean, there's no other way. So now, at least for right now, sleep would be number two for me. And then food, when to eat and not to eat is, is number three. And then targeted dietary supplements are number four. I wouldn't look at it that way. Then relationships and network. Look, stress. How about stress? Yeah, look, totally. The way I see it is if you sleep well, if you sleep well, you eat well and you exercise, you're going to stress less. Yes, right? it's true. You're automatically going to stress less. Why? Because you're looking at the world differently. Right. Right. Yeah. Stress is a matter of perception and expectations. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, and you're... I love that that ordering of things. It, it really tells us how to move into the realm of prevention as well if there is fear in yeah. somebody enough to motivate them, which we're yeah. saying isn't always the case. Right. And how about this? You do these three, four things, you're better able to be in a network and in a relationship. You you are ready for a relationship. Yes. You just don't want to be. I mean, if you're not well, what relationship? You you have to be at your at an optimal state to be in any relationship, whether it's a romantic or friendship or family or whatever network. So I I certainly believe that you know that exercise, sleep, food, when to eat and not to eat, and targeted dietary supplements, at least for men with prostate cancer. That is the the four uh, pillars to a man doing well after that diagnosis. Well, thank you, Dr. Gio. That really took us all over the matrix. I'm so appreciative of this time with you. You're awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and Carla Schaefer on sound production, along with Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll drop into your inbox with a super short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. Plus, you have an open invitation to email us. We want to hear from you. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can always email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. Before you go, I wanted to mention a free resource bundle I have for you. It's my new ebook, The Roadmap to Resolution, your blueprint for thriving in practice by addressing the root causes of chronic health challenges, even those that have not responded to the tried and true protocols you've been taught before. I wrote the ebook for coaches and clinicians like you who want to help those who are sick or in pain and just not getting better. There are ways that you can always make a difference, and I promise to show you how in the new ebook and the corresponding video series. It's all free, and you can get your hands on it by heading over to the podcast page at 15minutematrix.com or going to fxnutrition.com forward slash roadmap. That's fxnutrition.com forward slash roadmap. So go do it, get your copy now, and let's stay in conversation about how together we can make a change in healthcare.